0: Hey, everybody. This week's episode of Ratchet Ramblings is being sponsored by CrossPods, where podcast promotion is simplified. CrossPods is a podcast network that connects passionate podcasters to businesses who would love to advertise on their podcast. If you're a podcast creator thinking about monetizing your podcast, they can help you with that. Their goal is to help you with finding sponsorship opportunities, growing your listener base, and connecting you to potential guests for your podcast. Once you've Submitted your podcast, they will list you on their platform and share your podcast as well as any new episodes on all of their social media. They also contact businesses on your behalf to set up new sponsorship opportunities. If you're interested in learning more, you can visit their website thecrosspods.com for more information, or you can follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the Crosspods.
1: You're listening to
2: a Flawless Noises Media Network production.
0: Hey everybody, if you don't know me by now, this is Candace, co-founder of Flawless Noises Media, as well as co-host on Ratchet Ramblings, the winding down not-so-newly-web PC. This is my final message to my co-founder and my friend, Curtis, a.k.a. Trillificent, co-founder of the network with me, founder of Gay Side Stories, co-host on The Wind Down, co-host on Ratchet Ramblings. My heart is beating out of my chest recording this. Um, Curtis, nothing has been the same since you left here in the physical form not a day goes by that i do not think about you that i do not miss you that i do not miss our conversations about life that i do not miss our conversations about even just reality tv um i was so fortunate to spend last thanksgiving with you with my family and some other friends and with you not being here um i hold on to those moments even tighter um your passing blindsided me it i have not bounced back from that yet um i didn't expect it every day i wish i could have done more to get to you, to save you, to anything, anything that I could have done differently. I wish I could have. The only peace that I have is knowing that you're not suffering. Um, you were such a beautiful soul, so transparent, so honest, so brilliant when it came to podcasting. Um, You trusted me to be a co-founder in this journey of creating this network that was for us, that was by us, that featured us, that allowed our voices to be heard um, by our peers. And when I say our peers, I mean Black people. I mean the LGBTQIA community. You made me step my game up. You made me be the type of podcaster that you knew I could be that I didn't know I could be. Um, You pushed my limits creatively. Um, You gave me honest feedback as a friend and as a business partner. You are so loved. You are so missed. And it's really hard a lot of days to keep pushing the network forward forward Without you here to see the growth physically. I know you see it. I hope you're proud. I am extremely proud of you. I wish you were still here. To continue to accomplish some of the things. That you were setting out to do. I will keep your memory alive. By keeping this network going. Until it can't go anymore. I love you. I will never forget the type of man, the type of person, the type of human you were. My family loved you. My husband, my mother, my daughter, you know, we we joked, we called her your little shadow because whenever London would see you, she would not let you out of her eyesight. My heart is still broken. By losing you. It's not something I ever expected to happen. But for the time that I had you in my life. Thank you. Thank you for being a person who will pull me to the side and say, hey, that's not okay. Let's rethink that, you know. Hey, that's amazing. Thank you for doing that. You always made sure that you affirmed me as a business partner, as a friend. Um you have always showed up when I needed you to and I hope that you feel I showed up for you. I will continue to show up for this network and its host and I will continue to do it in your loving memory. And with that, I just want to say that I will see you. On the other side, when it's time, friend, and I will never forget you and thank you for everything you have contributed to our friendship, our business partnership, to podcasting, to the LGBTQIA community, to the Black community. You will never be forgotten. (laughs)
3: And welcome to the series uh, finale of Gay Side Stories. I am not your host, but I'm Bree, uh, one of Curtis's very good friends. And I have gathered some of his friends here today. We are going to take this thing out. We're going to do it the right way. We're going to do it in high fashion, just as Curtis would have loved it. So, who, Lord, okay. I don't want to start already, but um I want to read his eulogy but i don't want to read it um, you know in a traditional way because certain people wrote his eulogy and you know we have other things to give so i'll just say that curtis clayton temple senior and that woman gave birth to a beautiful baby boy on june 9 1984. curtis was an amazing person curtis was so loved and he was so loving And I didn't get an opportunity to meet Curtis until we were in our 20s, but every family member says that he was a pleasure and a joy to be around. Um, For the last years of his life, Curtis was a document control specialist, and he was the best document control specialist, in my eyes, anyway. He took a lot of pride in his work. Yes, he took a lot of pride in his work. And that nigga moved up the ladder. Do you hear me? When he wanted to do something, he did the shit. And it was no different with Gay Side Stories. Y'all, as his listeners, I have to thank you. I have to thank you for supporting him. I just want to read you some, some facts about Gay Side Stories. So Gay Side Stories premiered January 24th, 2017. The last episode went out January 31st, 2020. Flawless Noises Media Network was the, was officially launched February the 1st, 2019, where Curtis made it the home of Gay Side Stories. Since moving to Gay Side Stories, the Flawless Noises Network, it has been listened to approximately 48,000 times, boasting about 4,000 streams monthly. And if you don't know much about podcasts, baby, some, some podcasts is trying to break 25 listens a month. So to say that he was getting 4,000 streams monthly is huge. Gay Side Stories, is and always will be a home built for the black lgbtqia community to be heard supported and loved as an extension of gay Side stories curtis created and launched pods by queer people of color better known as pods by qpoc which is a database of podcasts geared towards or hosted by queer people of color i don't <laughs> i'm sorry I almost don't wanna give power to the day that he passed away because it was a really hard day for me and for the people who loved him. Um, But I'm gonna say this, Curtis left this earth, but his spirit is not gone from here. And the time that he was here, he touched so many people that he could not even imagine that he touched. I've had people reach out to me and all of his friends have had people reach out to them about what a precious and wonderful spirit that he was. And I just, I miss you. I miss you. Um, I feel like the network is a testament to the work that you've already done. And I'm proud to be a part of it. And with that being said, before I crack up, I want to introduce or I want everyone to introduce themselves. So we can start with Candice.
0: Uh I know y'all got to be used to my big ass mouth at this point, because I hosted, I co-hosted Ratchet Ramblings with Curtis. We did the wind down and we co-founded this network together. And I don't think Curtis knows what he did for me when he asked me to co-found a network because um, I had been in a weird space about my purpose. And what it was and if it was just tied to being a wife, a mom, an engineer. But Curtis was one of those people that pushed you and he was like, bitch, if you think that's all you could do, well, let's just let's do this network shit and see what happens. He was like, it can't be no worse than where we came from in terms of, in terms of our previous network. He was like, "You, we can't go anywhere but up from there. And I have struggled every day since Curtis passed away um, to figure out if I should keep the network going because it is a constant reminder of everything that he was as a person. The system that he established, the way that we do things, even though it wasn't written down, he left a blueprint and he just, I've had so many podcasters reach out to me about curtis about what he did for them in podcasting um he was considered an og a pioneer especially for black lgbtqia podcasts. um like Bree said it's hard to get 25 listens let me tell you what um he was so respected he was so loved he was admired um i admired him i mean i'm honored not just because you can't go into business with your friends a lot of times. I mean, it sounds good in theory. A lot of times the shit just does not work out, but it worked out for us. And so this is his legacy. Um, if I, God forgive me, but please don't do that. Cause I got to see my baby girl slap somebody in the face one day. But if I were to go tomorrow, this network would still be the home to black people, black queer people of color, somewhere where we could be heard, be listened to, voice our opinions, share our stories, laugh at dumb shit. Um, Curtis truly left a legacy that a lot of people will never get to do in this lifetime. A lot of people will never get to leave something so beautiful for other people to grow and enjoy. And so that's where I am with that. I, I want to introduce uh, Nikki. I want Nikki to introduce herself because we don't hear from this firecracker too much, but she is a, she's a pivotal person in Curtis life. Like <clears throat> I don't think y'all truly understand cause they never talk about it. She's been on ratchet ramblings before, but she is something far greater than just a friend. Like that was Curtis family as well.
4: Um. Hey, y'all. I'm sorry. It's raining, and the toddler is afraid of thunder. So I apologize if you hear a whiny mommy, um, in the background. But um, I'm Nikki. I am, I guess I'm, I'm Curtis's cousin. That that is what we called each other. That is the way our relationship. That that's that's what it evolved into. We went from being friends to being good friends to just straight family, because Curtis was your family if you knew him and you loved him. He wasn't just your friend. He was your family. And if he loved you enough, you were his. Um, Okay, let me go get it. Um, You were his. Um, So um, I guess I'm going to keep my intro short. Am I supposed to keep going now, or...
3: You thought, yeah, throw it to somebody
4: else. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm gonna pass it to the other person I see on the screen who is Naj.
5: Hi, I'm Naj. Um, that was uh, that name actually comes from this group of friends, especially from Curtis. Uh, everybody calls me Naj and it just kind of stuck as a nickname, and the same thing everybody else has been saying about Curtis is the same way that I felt about him. He never let me forget that even though we weren't a blood, he was my brother. He always would tell me that we're not friends, we're brothers, and every time he said that, it reminded me, because I didn't have a relationship with my real brothers and in my, in my real family, but he always would make me remember that we were brothers, and that went a lot a far beyond just a normal friendship. He was always showing up to me in ways that I could not even imagine, and he even to this day still shows up. I'll still think about something he said to me or something that he's done for me in the past years that I've known him, and it always it'll never it'll never be a day that I don't I don't think about him and the the the, the joy that he's brought to my life. So I'm going to pass it to another member of our family, Mo. Uh, she, she knew Curtis longer than I did, but it all still is the same, same love.
6: It's all the same love. Yeah, the, the Houston crew, we met all at the same time because of Twitter. And um, never would I have thought at that moment that, you know, I was with my, you know, my family. And I, I want to say something. Nikki and Curtis called each other cousins. But if you don't know like how cousins are in the South or you didn't grow up in the South, she, his sister. Cause you know, we were, we like, we were raised with our first cousins. It's like, bam, like when you say that, that that is a bond, a real bond. And you know, Trill, that's my friend, Trill, true and real to the end, always. And I miss him. And I, I, try not to beat myself up for taking him for granted because Curtis and I had the kind of relationship where y'all know I'm busy and I don't talk a lot and text a lot and do a lot of that shit but anytime anytime I dot you know set my mouth to say let's go eat let's do something let's do this whether we had talked in you hadn't talked in three weeks I hadn't talked in a day he was down for it. Even when he moved to Seattle, when I, I'm, I'm in Seattle, we go to June, baby, you coming. Okay, let's go like that. You know, to have a friend where it doesn't matter with time and distance and space that, you know, there's not nothing, nothing. There was not anything. There is not nothing. Nobody could ever Curtis could have ever done to me for him, not to be my blood, not to be my family. That's how I felt about him. And so I want to throw it over to the other Nicole, who we call twin. And let her speak.
7: I am going to keep this short because I have been crying the whole time already um and really, I want to keep this in a spirit of upliftment and a celebration of his life and all of the wonderful things that he was to everybody. I miss Kofi. I just miss my friend. I hate knowing that we'll never get to sit around and tell shady jokes about people on HGTV. I hate knowing that we'll never have another sing along in the car. I hate knowing that when everybody else in the crew was rowdy and excited to go do something crazy, if one person was gonna be in the corner with me because it was some white people shit, it was Curtis. (laughs) Curtis was gonna be in the corner with me because we weren't fooling with that mess. And now <laughs> it's just gonna be me in the corner the next time y'all wanna go battle some zombies. <laughs> and I miss my friend. I do. Um, so I'm gonna pass it to to Curtis's cousin and one of the most important people in his life, uh, Kosha.
4: Hey y'all. Um I'm Kosha um I was on an episode of Gay Side Stories once I sounded like a fuck girl though. But a curse. like nigga that's you um I just want to thank you guys for for reaching out to me because I miss my cousin so much I still pick up the phone to text him and uh, sometimes you know sometimes Nikki gotta deal with the the bullshit I would text Curtis like you know just went through TSA, That's not bullshit. That's pure <laughs> jokes. That's not bullshit. <laughs> I'm happy I get to feel those shoes. Oh, I'll text brie you know. Like I appreciate you guys so much. And so much has happened in our family since he since he, you know, he left. And I told my Amy all the time because you know, they don't fuck with his mama no more. You know, they they but they decent hard. I'm like, you know what Curtis is? You fuck with this? And one of the last text messages, he he sent me, he was telling me how he was just over, he was just over the bitch, and so, she, she's just so crazy, but my cousin, I miss him so much, I was so proud of him when he started this, and I told him all the time, like, nigga, you gonna be a star, you know what I'm saying, and he's like, I'm gonna make you do this shit, and I was like, nah, bro, like, Honestly, I ain't never listened to none of y'all shit, but I listened to his. I still love y'all, but I just I just miss my cousin so much, you know. And I, I thank you guys for keeping this legacy alive, Candace. I I'll support you however you need me, whatever you need me to do, I got you, but I'm mad y'all missed that saxophonist at the repass, though. Like, what
8: the fuck? <laughs> I'm, okay.
4: mad, I'm, not,
3: that I'm not that mad I'm not mad I missed that. I, I, I do, the it, video I do, do enjoy
0: Kenny G myself, but... <laughs> Yo. Thank God
3: we were not at that
0: repass. <laughs> <laughs> we would have rioted. It,
7: right,
4: the Lord it moves people room. where they need to
6: be in the it place. Was
4: <laughs>
7: okay, it's like a prom from 1999.
0: <laughs> oh my god!
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So you want to? Th- I'm sorry. I'm throw it to Juanita.
3: Yeah, his so partner and
0: his partner and crabs. Like every time he like he like I'm going to see Juanita. We going to get crab legs. Okay, fuck both y'all. I'm over here in landlocked ass Colorado with all this. If
3: you want
0: to, with all this flash frozen ass seafood, and he like yeah, we about to eat, Fred. Right? Okay. Okay. I can quit all this shit for real. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had
9: been I've been friends with Curtis since maybe 2010. I had started following him on Twitter when he was Coonlo. Um, and I'm friends with Bree because of Curtis. So, and, and I of course same. so yeah, I became friends with her because of him because that's how she came up here. That y'all, I think he was staying in Silver Spring at the hotel, the Marriott and we went to eat that's that's what i do because i love to eat um so curtis is just he's been there through everything for me i'm talking about through birth with avery breakup with his father i lost my security clearance before curtis was there for me he's the only friend mind you I, i had a i have a best friend and we've been friends since 1997 curtis is the only friend who knows who knew my social security number because that's how much I loved and trusted him. Um, You know, there were times where, although I can be very, I can be the very vocal person. There are times I'm just like, man, whatever, fuck that shit. But Curtis was always the friend that would just say, nah, you got to say this. You got to say that. Like I was harassed at my last job. And one of the one things Curtis kept saying just in February oh, I can't wait for you to leave. I can't wait for you to leave. And the day of his death is when I found out I got a new job and it broke me because he's always been my cheerleader. And I've never had a friend who cheered me on like him. So it's like now, like I said, I wanted to buy a house. That was another thing I was talking to him about. Cause I'm like, oh, I gotta clear my credit. I'm like, I make all this money, but my credit suffered when I broke up with my son's father. But he was like, you know, well, you know, you can do this, and we're gonna do that, and we're gonna get our shit together. And it's like we had so many things planned, but it's like whenever I do something good, now I still make sure I talk to him about it. Like I can't send a text message, I can't call, but I still talk to him about it. I mean, I still have his number saved as my favorites. He's the third person on my favorites list, so it's like he's still my cheerleader, my biggest cheerleader, and I know he's always gonna be proud of me. So. It's just been really, really rough, but I'm gonna Amen. continue to make him proud because that's what he would want. And he would he would still be dying laughing at all the all the videos of me. I uh, all the videos I send of Avery dancing and his Spider-Man draw, so <laughs> but yeah, um I truly, truly miss him and I'm gonna love him forever and that's all I have and I passed it to um Jeremy, country ass. <laughs>
10: uh well um i've been friends with curtis um we were mutuals on twitter for a long time and we talked you know off the timeline at times but we really got close i want to say in the past i want to say four years we really got close And he was just like a big brother to me. Like I, the only sibling I have is an older sister. I've never had a male sibling. And um, I can't remember who said it, but they was right on the head. Like if Curtis loved you and you loved him and he fucked with you, you was his family. Like blood be damned. And Curtis was like my big brother. Like he was... He stayed on my ass, but it was out of love and out of mutual respect and adoration. He was so wise. He didn't let nobody play in his face a day in his life. He was kind, he was hilarious, he was brilliant. And I don't think I've ever met a person that was more that was as impactful as Him, just someone that if you were blessed to be in his life, you were literally blessed because he was a blessing. And not a day goes by that I just don't wake up and miss him. Miss waking up to his bullshit in the group chat with me, Candace, him, and um, Tay. Um, Not a day goes by that I don't miss talking to him just on the down downtown, like I think the last text message, me and him was talking about what we was dragging the fuck out of D and D for playing in our face with Game of Thrones. Um, that and you was like the I, Wonder Twins with that grudge. Let me tell you Y'all something. up. Listen, listen, me and Curtis were gonna beat they, beat their ass. I'm telling you, they played in our face. But and now that Curtis. They,
0: Curtis elevated Ratchet Ramblings before we had our own network. Absolutely. Like I don't think anybody understands because Curtis was really humble. I only know the numbers because I'm his co-founder and I checked that stuff. But Curtis never talked about doing 4,000 streams a month. He, he never talked about it. Um, he never talked about the fact that the way he helped us restructure and organize Ratchet Ramblings did wonders for it. Like it did wonders for it. And yes. he didn't have to do that. Curtis could have went about his way with gay side stories being as successful as it was and called it a day. He never had to reach back to us and help us really figure out mm-hmm. podcasting. Yeah. And but he, he did, he, he did right. that for us.
10: because He, he loved did that us. for
0: us as podcasters. Yeah, You know, even, and like I said, you couldn't play in his face. He was like, Candace girl, I love you, but you need to order a mic. He was like, you can't keep using them Apple headphones. you just breathing. I can hear you swallowing.
8: I can he like, hear your heart
0: beating. He like, you got to get a mic. He like, listen. that's holding you back. And like, it just, it meant so much. And when Jeremy Trill. is done, I'm going to throw it to, to my husband, Mike, because Curtis showed up for us when Mike's dad passed away two days after Christmas last year. I'm talking about if we needed anything he asked me did did we need help paying for airfare this is the curtis i'm talking about somebody who would share his struggles but would put his shit to the back to make sure you wasn't struggling he was like do y'all have money to eat in the airport what what do you need and i was just like that's a person we knew how curtis was coming off of his move to seattle reestablishing himself but to put everything you got going aside and make sure that we straight, it just, I don't know what to even say about that
2: still. Yeah.
3: It's, it's just people. who he was. That's Probably. who he was.
2: Yeah. When my father passed, like, he texted me directly, too. Like, it wasn't like, because he's, he was friends with Candace, and I, and I know him through Candace, and – Um, You know, me and him quickly became friends, too, where we could talk and things like that. We didn't talk often, but we did have, like, the group chat uh, Mm -hmm. with me, Candace, and Curtis. And, you know, sometimes we would laugh in there, share stories in there. Um, Mm -hmm. he put some crazy stuff in there, and then we'd be telling him how how much of a bad person he is.
10: (laughs) (laughs) Baby, the gifts.
2: He was (laughs) the gift. Motherfucking, the, the champion. Gifts,
10: the the story is motherfucking champion. The gift
2: Fucking champion.
10: Every just, day I say, bye, Curtis, bye. Yeah,
2: exactly. So, so just for him to, um, you know, just reach out to, to me directly, because he could have sent condolences through Candice, and that would have been great for me as well. But he, you know, he, really, he texted me, reached out, told me, you know, sorry for your loss. Um, if you guys need anything, let me know. Yeah. Like, that meant a lot to me as well. And, um, you know, I love Curtis. He he came over for Thanksgiving. Um, Just London followed him around the whole time he was here. I'm
0: talking about she like, took a nap she came like, upstairs <laughs> and I hadn't heard her. But, I mean, you know, I'm kind of a part-time dad when I want to be. So, I'm like, she in the house somewhere. So, I'm sure she's straight. It don't matter. I come out. She then crawled up in this bed and cut up with Curtis and took a nap. I said, and then when she woke up, I say, London, come out of here and give Uncle Curtis some privacy. She say, no, Uncle Curtis need me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <you> think-
6: <laughs> energy. Curtis, that energy. Curtis,
0: Curtis was like, leave her. She's not bothering me. Leave her alone. Um, Curtis was our family. Yeah. And and Curtis was a connector. That's a lot of people can't connect people. Um, I have become friends with all of y'all or gotten to know y'all. You, through Curtis, because if Curtis vouched for you, you was true. Because that's- Curtis didn't have no problem getting the motherfucker out of his space if he mm-hmm. felt like it was wrong. That's and how he we wouldn't keep nobody
6: shady, out shady out around <laughs> him. <laughs> 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 that that's
0: that's is exactly
8: how we met.
3: How we met.
6: That's
3: how we met. You know what? Come to think of it, that's how I met him <laughs> getting the motherfucker up out of our space because I <laughs> met him through someone else that he decided we don't fuck with her no more. I said, Hey, you <laughs> just, we don't fuck with her.
10: Honestly, I feel like would, all of us have a story I with, know, with Curtis. Her. To be honest, I feel
0: like that's all the guy's honest truth. When Curtis was like, I don't fuck with so, I said me either. He said, okay, we good. Because if you were still fucking with that person, I wasn't fucking with you. I when, say,
3: you, <laughs> when he <laughs> say he don't fuck with somebody, baby, get your person leave. Yeah.
10: Mm-hmm. he said we off that, we off that. <laughs> we off that.
3: No more discussions. N-
4: zip zero
6: done.
10: And for because, good damn I mean, on that, Curtis. Curtis. If
4: he did that, it wasn't on none of that. Um, it wasn't on none of that fake loyalty stuff, like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't like him anymore, so you don't like him. He stopped fooling mm-hmm. with people for a real reason, and you usually agreed. So if mm-hmm. he was out,
0: everybody was out. Right. right. Absolutely. For petty purposes. It was for a real reason. No, and he yes. had real reasons our families love Curtis yes <laughs> yeah Lord. my yeah, mama yeah. let me tell you when he nicknamed my mama uh mama white diamonds that was it <laughs> that was the one <laughs> and when she remembers to this day the story she like I remember hearing him say that's out that's some shit that uh she smelled like she looked like she wear white diamonds I say, nope. oh that's my mama and my mama just screamed from the back fuck y'all <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> That's and one of our best years.
10: recording episodes, honestly.
0: My, my mom was like, Curtis don't ever have to need for family.
11: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: And he was like, and I'm sure that his other friends, their families feel the same way. He never had to need for family. We always had him. We were all livid when he took his behind to Seattle. We understood mm-hmm. it. But we hated it because don't I promised the conversations don't we have all started. had. I said, Well, Curtis, why don't you just come stay with us and find something in Denver? We got all this space in this house. Just come find something. Seattle too far. How we gonna get to you if you all the way in Seattle? Nikki mm. told him the same thing. Bree the I same thing. him the thing. Same. Juanita, same thing. We was like, You dang, ain't got dang. to move all the way to Seattle. But he you wanted me to well, tip top. I know hip. I'm the one that I didn't.
6: <laughs> Yeah. But you know, know I was the one that told him I was like, you know Nikki gonna kill you. I told when him we that talked too. about you mm-hmm. know when we talked about him looking for other stuff, but I said you you need to do what you need to do. And you know, as much as I hate that he You know, he left us, and that's where he left. You know, left us as well. I feel like when he was in Seattle, he got a freedom. I think from not being in this energy around his family, right? Yeah, that residue. I agree. You know? Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I you know, I. I, It was a. It's one of those you know bittersweet things. You know, you know, you don't want a motherfucker to go, but you know, sometimes a motherfucker gotta go.
0: (laughs) Right. He had to spread his wings in that way. Yeah, I, being, I, I I, think I'm uh, having that type of potty mouth.
8: I'm so thrilled.
10: I, Girl, <laughs> I am a raggedy
8: nigga.
10: What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I think you could say that for all the curses. First,
3: the truth is the truth. Yeah, it is. I mean, look yeah, at I, the material. I remember when he said he was going to move to Seattle. I was like, "Now nah, you can go live with Nikki. <laughs> like i'll put
10: up
4: a house i can't even let me tell y'all how many times i told curtis i don't care how bad it gets this room is yours like mm-hmm. michael um so for all the listeners, Candace's husband's name is Mike and my husband's name is Mike, just so we don't get it confused. <laughs> so you don't
8: think uh we Sister wives on some
4: boys yeah, <laughs> Monday cool. through Friday so, in Denver and, and Saturday and Sunday in Houston. Like that yeah, would not do it.
2: Nah, nobody believes so, I'm that
4: cool. <laughs> <laughs> so Michael would be like, you know, Michael whatever Curtis need, because again, like Candace, you know, my husband became Curtis's friend. They would text, you know, independently of, of me. And whenever, you know, it got hard for Curtis, whenever, you know, things, you know, he kind of started meeting those struggles. I w it was always, you don't ever have to go anywhere. This house is yours. Ain't no, we, we pay the rent. You don't have to contribute a doggone thing. This house is running without you. It'll run with you. And, I understood that, you know, he needed a change of pace. He needed a change of scenery. And he was excited about Seattle. I was not. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And like, even when he, I I, I thank God for the week that we got to spend together before he made the drive um, to Seattle because. I mean that was the last week I ever had with him that was that was that was it and neither one of us knew you know what I mean we didn't right. know at the time that
8: mm-hmm. that time
4: and that you know that schedule planned of, of him staying here for a week just because the <laughs> lease was up you know and he had a four or five days interim before he started to drive to Seattle but I I, I wouldn't take those days back and I wish I could rewind them and have them back you know what I mean but like, I wouldn't take those days back for the world because God gave us time together. And even though it wasn't just before he left, I, the, I can honestly say that mm-hmm. the last time I saw him, we were kicking it. We had fun. Like, we had a really good right. time. And I'm trying not to see RY in front of my three-year-old because she's highly affected. Um, and she still talks about him. We, we, we talk mm-hmm. about him every day. He's in our prayers every night still. Mm-hmm. Um, she may say, God bless Uncle Curtis Poop. But, <laughs> you know, he gets it and I feel like, you know, he gets a chuckle out of her always messing around. But, I mean, I just, I, I never thought that him going to Seattle would, would be the last time that, right. you know, we were ever see, but I, I know he needed it. And I mean, y'all know I'm, I'm possessive and I don't like to let go. So whenever somebody talks about leaving, because mm-hmm. I have a problem with attachment, even as a uh, almost 40 year old woman, I still pitch a fit. And I pitched a fit then. I pitched a whole bitch fit when he was moving to Seattle. I was done. I was like, you know, you
12: really don't have to do this. You, you really <laughs> don't. You can just really Oh, we say,
4: know.
0: Oh,
13: we know. <laughs> we know. No. It's so we funny that. Yeah, I heard it.
12: I
0: heard it. He was like, Nikki been cussing me out since I told <laughs> yep. her. Because I remember he was like, I ain't go- I, I can't say nothing on, Social media until I tell nikki he like so you better mm-hmm. shut the fuck up, candace And,
10: and
3: I like, don't say like, shit about it. When I tell you this, don't say nothing about the it. That was thing. Right. It, it's so crazy it for, for God. me. Yes, it's crazy for me real. to hear y'all talk about you know these interactions with him because and I think everybody's gonna be on the same page. Like he wasn't a friend. It's like oh, you my friend. We gonna stay in this little corner. He be like no. When I talk to nikki this happened. Or when I talk to Juanita, this happened. And I remember that week that Nikki was talking about, and I remember because him moving from Houston to Seattle was a very heavy time for him. Yes. He was very sad, he was very depressed, he was not happy. Like, I don't think he wasn't happy that he had to move, but I think the circumstances of it were just a lot for him. And that that week, I saw his move go from shit to sugar. Like, mm-hmm. and then he had a great drive. It was a lot of work, mm-hmm. because I stayed on the phone with him a lot of that time, that he drove. Me too.
9: From here, I said, I don't care what time it is, just call me. Right. You know what? what? I wanna
0: he was like, Can can um can you give me a form for the Marriott? Because I'm going to be driving through Denver. I say, what it's the fuck? Marriott. You need a form for the Marriott? For? Exactly. Nigga, if you don't park your, park your car in the driveway. He got on my nerves the <laughs> right. questions
4: that he knew we were going gonna- right. to
0: I'm like, why the fuck would <laughs> are you stay kidding in the hotel? Me? Like, what are you right. even talking about? I'm like, if you don't bring your ass here, get a hot meal, take a shower, get some rest, get right. some breakfast. I even took off work the next day yeah, because I was like, a little, little, little vent. Cause And you know, and he, God bless Curtis, because in my eyes, Curtis was a man. Like, mm-hmm. Curtis, it would have been so easy for Curtis to blame his circumstances in life for. Stand down, Curtis was a nigga who was gonna get up and handle his business regardless. Resilience. Right, he was he was not gonna mope. You had to almost threaten to whoop Curtis ass to tell him if he needed some help with something. Mm-hmm. Listen, mm-hmm. like I had I like, right. that conversation.
6: Conversation. Like be like, you know what you need look don't you ever whatever you need open your mouth because it's yours just I just need to know like having to have that conversation with him because he was trying so you know he wanted to be self-sufficient but hey in this world we can't always be self-sufficient
0: mm-hmm. and that's why it's it, someone me, you like him the $20 for gas in a minute if I need it you know, <laughs> right. know, I just don't have to talk about me but it, I'm gonna ask just <laughs> right. to be- ever need her <laughs> you, you, you you barely had that, but <laughs> listen. <laughs> he, like, he did not live in a land of self-pity.
3: No. Like, no. He took care and of a his lot business. Of do. and mm-hmm. your- he, he took care of his business and he took care of yours because when I was going through my divorce, baby, those were the most financially challenging times I've ever been through in my life, to the point where I'm like, bitch, I don't I don't know how life is going right now. That nigga cash app go off $150, $100. Don't say shit. Just get you what you need. Don't say nothing. Don't pay me back. Don't nothing. And I would say, I can't I can't take this. I can't do this. He said, yes, the fuck you are. And yes, the fuck you can. I don't want to hear shit about it ever again, neither. I'd be like, oh,
0: yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. A part of me, and I, it's so selfish. A part of me is is glad that he kind of, minus kosher had the type of family he had. Because I wouldn't want to share him with them. I'm sorry. Right. I'm so glad that we got to love him and be loved by be him. Loved, yeah. Because of their ignorance. Um, I'm I. God, I miss Curtis. Like mm-hmm. I remember making a shirt because him and Naj was going to San Francisco and I cussed him out because he kept sending me seafood pictures. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> <man."> <laughs> because everybody knows how I am with seafood. And he was like, Okay, next time I go, I'ma tell you. I'm like, cause I mean, I could leave this kid here. It's other <laughs> adults here. You know, I can I can get on the plane. He was so he was so excited and he would always tell me, he like, we gotta plan a trip because y'all all need to meet each other mm-hmm. and and the way we met each other um it i'm so sad that it was in that moment getting to meet you all face to face um because curtis needed to be there i mean he right. was there in spirit but woo, he he wanted us all to meet he was like we, we need to go to houston or something I was like, okay. He was like, or you playing something in Denver because, you know, we like to get high. I'm like,
8: Curtis. He
3: like, I don't care. You know, he like. In that same spirit, though, like what you were saying, like we all need to meet. When I came to Houston for the first time, you know, to and it wasn't the first time I met him, but it's like maybe the second or third time that I met him. And I met all of y'all, all all the Houston crew. From the moment that y'all saw me, y'all was like, oh, you family too? The end. The end. It was, and you. I was like, because he vouched for me, I got to gain friends that will, that are my true riders for real, just because he vouched for me. And you know, you know, people act real funny when you bring somebody new around and he did not act like that. And I was like, that's, I mean, just like meeting Juanita, me and Juanita met each other. We had a 15 minute conversation. It was like, Oh, we sisters. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he just had that, that way about him.
6: And I want to say this, I want to say this to to Candace and to Bree and to Nikki, because I think it needs to be said, especially because of how his last days transpired and just your efforts and friendship and just dedication. And I know you did that because you knew he would do the same for you, but just thank you because... Mm-hmm. That kind of love, that kind of reciprocation of love doesn't happen. A lot of times you see people and they put that kind of love out and they don't get that kind of love back. And the fact that he was the kind of person that inspired and made people aspire to love like him is just, y'all are a testament to that all the way to the end. When Bree left, you know, she was like you know it just I knew and then even when Nikki could like I just knew just the labor and the mount because that that's special and and I think thank you but I think it just speaks to the kind of person he was that mm-hmm. you know he had think, that out there
0: I don't think we've I've, I've never <laughs> discussed it publicly you know what I'm saying um I, we went to record Ratchet Ramblings on, I want to say February 9th, and he just, he had been battling with the flu, and I mean, back and forth to the emergency room, battling with the flu. Yeah,
6: I didn't see him, I visited Seattle, and he could, I couldn't see him because of the flu, and he apologized to me, saying, I'm (laughs) sorry,
4: I couldn't see you, are you kidding me? You got the flu?
0: Yeah, he had... What now? I do not believe was no. the flu. No. Um, not either. Right? I, I do not either. Definitely believe he may have had a case of COVID nineteen. All the symptoms, the way things just went from zero to a hundred, really quickly. And when I got up Monday, first things first, Curtis didn't play about the network. he get on your goddamn head about this network because Ooh, he was baby. putting his blood <laughs> and tears into it. And th- I want to make this that if Curtis said it to any of us, he said it to the person he meant it for. Mm-hmm.
4: Let me right. tell you that. And he may have done it before he told
0: us. And he, you did not have to worry about Curtis talking behind your back because he said it to your face.
3: Even so, if it was hurtful, that nigga would find a way hurtful. to tell you. Yeah.
0: If you was slipping with your show, he was going to let you know that you was My nigga, if you was it, slipping in life, Play with in his general and money. The shows were going out like clockwork and he tried so hard not to put a lot on me. Um, but even still we would have these necessary conversations about what I was capable of contributing and what I was not. Um, Cause I was not going to play in his face either. Monday when I got up ratchet ramblings hadn't gone out and that was unusual because Curtis Usually felt Ratchet Ramblings was the flagship show. Mm-hmm. Even though his ass was lying because it was Gay Side Stories oh, 4,000 listens a month having ass. <laughs> okay. But he felt like Ratchet Ramblings was the show picking up the most steam and it went out like clockwork. If I needed a day off, fuck it. Well, that's cute, girl, but we're going to record without you. Don't worry. And it never went out and I text him and I kept texting him and finally I hit up Bree and Bree hit up Nikki and I said, Where is Curtis? Because this is very, very unusual to not be able to reach him. Even if sometimes he didn't want to talk to me, he at least in a text, like, I'm okay, not in the mood, talk later. Like and the thing was- that
3: you right. The thing that you don't know is that, you know, me and Nikki had to deal with something similar. And I told that nigga, if you ever do this disappearance shit with me again, I will call the fucking police. That's my first call.
14: Cause you know, we
3: had to go do a wellness check on him one time and he was like, don't fucking do that. He cussed me out. And I never cussed at Curtis. I never rose my voice at him because we were just that respectful to each other. And I said, fuck you. If I feel like that's what I need to do, that's what I'm going to do. So you need to put it on yourself to never put me in that position. Indeed. So I told Nikki the moment that you told me, because that, that's always been my, okay, where the fuck Curtis at? Is he okay partner?
4: Well, yeah, we you know we had a scare um, here in in Houston a few years back, and yeah. me, Mo, Naj, and a couple of other people who were involved were like, it, it's like we were like, okay, it's been all day, it's been all day. Where is he? Where is he? And then finally, we sent the text like, listen, we finna send the police. And I forgot who he called first. I don't know if it was me oh, or God. Naj. Um, I showed up at his door.
5: Naj went, right. to, the, went
4: had, to the apartment, Naj went to the house, and then went the police the house, came after. Right, and then mm-hmm. the police came, that's right. We were like, Listen, we finna send the police because you playing. And he, fin- right. when he opened, I think he opened the door for you, Naj. Yeah, and that's how we knew that like things were okay. But like, so yeah, the, the moment y'all said something was wrong, I instantly went into panic mode because mm-hmm. I know that if he doesn't answer, something really is wrong.
2: Yeah,
0: I just uh, we sent that we sent the police out there four times, right, four times to do a wellness check. We we instantly shut down. Like I could not function. I could not go to work. I could not be present and accounted for until I knew what was going on. And when we ping his cell phone was pinging at his address, the police said his car was there um and they were like well maybe he ubered or caught the bus somewhere i'm like y'all don't know curtis he ain't catching the bus no fucking where
3: and he really didn't like the uber if he wasn't traveling and yeah. he, like, yeah. he, he didn't like back. other people like that my nigga he didn't curtis, yeah he, he didn't want to be around person. people he, around nobody, so he could do himself.
6: he wanted curated energy Yes. We, tracked,
0: <laughs> That's okay. we tracked the homeowner down who was living in Las Vegas. Whatever was going on with Curtis, we was not just going to wait to find out what happened. Um, we we fought, We fought Curtis. You fought a good fight. You tried. I, I don't mm-hmm. know if we ever said it out loud. I don't know if you believe it up there, but you fought a good fight because when the police and stuff got there you were alive you were fighting to be here with us and
4: you even told them I, you didn't need to go to the hospital right. barely coherent
0: yeah yeah they had the, the police officer put the phone on speaker and i yelled at curtis i said they're taking you to the hospital i do not care they're not leaving you there and the paramedics and the police was like, ma'am, we was not leaving him here regardless. <laughs> and the police officer in the police station when they had called back was like, he's got some great friends because mm-hmm. we we knew that y'all was gonna keep calling back until we got in that house. And I told the lady, I said, you absolutely right. Mm-hmm. We were going mm-hmm. to keep calling and calling and calling and calling and kosha and Bree were able to get out there and be with him um it was
3: honestly bought a good I, fight yeah it, and even when he was in the hospital and you know just like mo was saying you know i have to to give it to y'all i gotta give it to kosha because i would have cracked the fuck up by myself and i had never met kosha a day in my life i had heard curtis talk about her but i had never met her a day in my life And the moment that i met her we were family she picked me up from the airport. I didn't need nothing. She was like, "No, nah, this is what we finna do." You know, she she kept me off his mama's ass. Like,
6: I kept his mama ass off of you. The second time she tried to fight me, she was coming after you, nigga.
3: Then she could have <laughs> came because I had all of it. <laughs> I who boy? I had fantasies about what my mother fucking ass. For me, two
8: all right. Was you.
3: So, but I having her there, <laughs> sent somebody over there. At home. My name is
4: somebody Roll up <laughs> I, I am a somebody. I, I, I don't waiting on it, Nikki. I don't waiting on it. We know Thug we Got <laughs> Thug Nipson. <thug-nificent laughs> I all
8: have together. two Young. hands and
4: two feet in the air. I'm ready.
3: Like <laughs> all Did you? you even tell anybody she was trying to have mm-hmm. charges pressed on us? Yeah. So she tried to get charges pressed on us, like we uh, instigated anything with her. But I hadn't met this woman a day in my damn life. I ain't know nothing about her. And she came up there rolling. Why you ain't tell me the nigga, this is your son, ma'am, that mm. has been in this hospital and you left him. Mm. I, I wouldn't be able I to not, tell you Wayne Right. I did not sleep Boom. for 24 hours straight trying to get from Raleigh, North Carolina to Seattle. I had a layover that didn't work out. I would I slept in the airport twice to make sure that I was there for him. And you mean to tell me as his mama, you couldn't stay in first, the hospital man. all night? Like,
10: F- meanwhile, she asking y'all what the fuck his favorite shoe size is. Like, girl, no, she what, what is, his, she is his favorite
3: size. color
4: is. <laughs> what his favorite color is, basic wrong. things that you should you know about a child who lived in your house, basic as much so as so they she were got 18 or 19 years, old. right? That's things basic you should know,
3: fundamental things that you know about your child as they grow up. The funny thing is. He wore a size 12, but he wore a size 12 wide, and that was his motherfucking struggle. He could never find shoes wide enough that was also fashionable enough to go with his, you know, whatever. And he will always end up with them sketches. He'd be like, I'm so fucking sick of these damn slip-ons. I don't know what to do. <laughs> and I'd be like, that, no, they look good. They look
0: great. <laughs> hey, listen, don't worry Curtis. About it. Curtis would shade you because he would shade himself. Yes. He was like after Thanksgiving, he was like, bitch, I know you saw me with them uh line chef shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Well, <laughs> shit! I just figured they' comfortable to travel in." What you wanted me to say? Okay? You, know, and like, ask, did he
3: say you? know he did. I don't even know why that sound
6: like yeah. that's. Yes, I, you know, do, I did not hear it. I did hear it, but I hear it Ooh. in my head. Why? like yes, you, hear it. Like, hear you it.
0: he could, he would dish it because Curtis could take it, and my, that was like my one my of God. my things, and. Again, he you couldn't play in his face. I just I know when we would vet people trying to join the network. He, me and Curtis would deep dive into all a social media child. He had me searching buzzwords, you know. And Jeez. if one of them dinged, he was like Candace, this one ain't gonna work out. He was it's like, so- this no, not he going
3: was on his show. own show because let's not forget Gay Side Story started off with a co-host.
0: Hmm. <laughs> <Ooh. laughs>
3: And that so host only lasted, what, four episodes? Four episodes, because Curtis did mm. not play about his shit. See, the thing about this is, what led to the podcast, what led to Gay Side Stories, and I'm, I'm sure he's discussed it on the show before, but, you know, as we were, I think it was one of our birthdays coming up, he's like, you know, we're getting older, I just wonder, what is my purpose? What is the thing that I'm supposed to be doing? Because I can't just go to work and come home, go to work and come home, it has to be something greater than this. And, you know, we we went back and forth about it, and um he was like, I'm gonna start a podcast with a friend of mine. And I said, I think you should. You got plenty to say. You're hilarious. You're gonna be amazing at it. And he sent me the first episode of Gay Side Stories to like listen to. And I was like, what do you think about this? I was like, well, you are you were amazing. <laughs> but your friend And
0: everybody else had a beautiful gown. <laughs>
3: <laughs> everybody else had a beautiful gown. But you know, he was just like, he took it so serious and that's why i fuck with curtis for real because baby if he wanted something or if he wanted something for you or if you wanted something you were gonna have it there were so many things that like there there in life you say oh i want xyz but you let one thing stop you or you let something curtis didn't let nothing stop him when his co-host stopped showing the fuck up he said guess what now introducing gay side stories with your host (laughs) prolificent like he didn't he didn't i remember
4: when that transition was happening he was like kind of nervous to do it on his own, but also mm-hmm. excited to do it on his own because he wasn't having to wait on nobody. No mm-hmm. more. And he could operate it was the best format the for him. It was the best format. He could operate at the pace he wanted to go. He could execute the ideas without having to run across somebody who was probably drunk at the time. He yeah. uh, didn't know his fingernails from his toenails probably to begin with. Um, but, you know, he... It, it, it gave him it, it gave him the momentum he needed to literally take off running
3: right and he did is. it and i mean it, he was in complete control and curtis was an introverted extra or an extroverted introvert mm-hmm. he was not a person who you know was very like he was social with the people he loved and he knew but the show gave him an opportunity the way he was reaching out to people and the way he formulated his, his guests he his always guest. has such great he, guests. yeah, yeah. And it, they always talked him about
6: to some open shit up. that, yeah, it, yeah, and it made and it and they talked about shit in the near dark, deep crevices and crannies, of shit that I don't know as an ally, but I need to know. Like it was right. just, right. you
4: know, right. He had plenty of conversations that were eye openers for me, even as, you know, one of his best friends and one of his mm-hmm. cousins. You know, like th- some of the conversations they would have about things they would endure and things they would go through and just, you know, experiences right. would really be just a lot of like, oh, okay.
3: Shit that ain't you your business but you really want yes, you know?
0: that
4: to know. That's
3: that you need to know. Or
6: that you need to know in order to support people who who have those struggles that you need to know. Like, it's just really important to me. You know, my brother is LGBTQIA, LMNOP, and um and all people who need representation but it always made me think and reflect i always you curtis would bring that to my mind and it would make me always you know make sure i understood where he my brother is coming mm-hmm. from as a black man in the south a, a gay black man in the south you know that
3: that's Cause that, it's a different level baby that's a different level same. of
6: layers and stuff and like even when we were on when he let me He let me grace the podcast, and we talked about intersectionality. That's the thing. There's so many just intersections a bunch of oppression out there. But Curtis brought that to light in so many different ways, you know. His dedication to his trans brothers and sisters. Because, you know, that was, to me, I always felt that even in his struggle, he found the time to ally with somebody else that had a harder struggle than him, which was just... Even,
0: even us as black women, Curtis went up to us. Every single black woman sitting in this Zoom conference, Curtis stand for us. Like he was a stand for us. If you needed encouragement, Curtis was right there to give it. And funny story, Curtis put a bug in my ear about starting this network before we actually started the network. And it was because I had pitched Not So Newlyweds to person running the network at the time and they ignored all my emails and i and i never said anything because again some shit you just take on the chin and you figure out another way and when i told curtis he was like what he was pissed he was like we could we could lead a motherfuckers right now he was like because even if they don't want the show they should at least tell you he was so upset at that level of disrespect and lack of professionalism Mm -hmm. And then they pulled that shit again, volunteering me to do some shit that I had not signed up to do for free. They volunteered. and they pulled that too. shit
3: with me be, by being completely unresponsive to my show because I turned once down you an
0: turned advance. down in advance. And at that point, this is when Curtis was like, "I don't know what you want to do." He was like, "But if y'all gonna stay over there, I'm not doing Ratchet Ramblers no more." I'm not giving my input on anything," he said, because at this point, those motherfuckers don't respect black women, and they've made it perfectly right. clear. He was like, "So let's go." He was like, "We can figure all this shit out." And I said, "You know what? Let's go. Let's do this." And and I said, "He was in love with and, no y'all going." Who yeah, every, listen, all them shows say y'all going. We going too. Oh, we, we we gonna be there. He did that when Mike's dad passed. Curtis was like, "Hey." How do you feel about stepping back from the portal and we and totally allowing Mike to revamp it as a form of therapy to help cope with losing his dad? Mm-hmm. That was the type of person Curtis was. Even if he wasn't telling you, he was paying close attention to how you were doing. He was all the time just how is Mike doing? Maybe he should do this. Tell him if he needs to talk to me, to reach out to me, and all this other stuff was saying, you know, telling me to, you know, try to get him to get into grief counseling um, because of some he didn't hasn't physically lost parents, but he's spent a good part of his life not having his parents there for them. And he understood that it had to be that much harder to lose a parent that was present and accounted for in your life. Right. I really don't think I will ever, ever meet another person as great as Curtis. Um, that is the part that hurts my feelings. I was not prepared to lose him in any capacity. I had it set in my mind that me and him, as long as, as well as all of y'all, we would end up becoming great friends as family, get old together, see all these accomplishments. And they took a piece of our puzzle. And this has been so hard to accept and cope with to lose a piece of your puzzle.
3: he's he's, he was the glue he was the glue for everybody and not just in our friend circle but anybody that knew him he had an incredible ability to stick people together he had an incredible ability to do that
6: and even not people he didn't even know that well like my best friend who he of course he knows her just because we're so close but like even when I told her hey we found him immediately she was like what what let me what can I do what does what is he is there, What can I do? Like she didn't know Curtis. Like she knew Curtis because we would have things, and she would be at my things, and he would be at my things. But she immediately the drawing to him because he just made people aspire to that. I just feel like he, you know, just yeah, yeah. It was such a.
3: <sighs> Before we um go into another part, I just also want to mention how amazing Uncle Curtis was. Uncle Curtis was a different God, nigga yes. than our Curtis. And honey, and I have kids. Juanita has kids. Nikki has kids. And uh, Twin has kids and old kid. And when I tell you, he was uh, Jameson and Jaden's godfather. And those are my two. The way that he could relate to my teenage daughter as she was turning into a teenager, the way that he invited her to be on the show, the way that he always kept his own relationship. They texted each other without me because they didn't need to. They had their own relationship. And Jamison was a big ass, mean ass, ornery ass baby. I love that boy, but that was the 10-pound ball of baby Jack Jack. He was a mean nigga. And the moment that he met his uncle Curtis, nothing it was cuddles it was all cuddles and I think Juanita came down to meet Jameson they came down at the same time you remember time. you watched it with me and, and I Jameson sent you
9: that video too yes. and I was like look at him <laughs>
3: and I know Curtis had no desire to be a father but whether he wanted to or not he was a fatherly figure and I think that the thing that um the thing that hurts me is um if my son grew up to be just like him, I would be happy. You know, he was an example. He was a shining example of who a man is supposed to be. And I think that, you know, even with my daughter, the way that he said, no, Jaden, we're not going to do it like this. We're going to do it like this. Or let me teach you how to do that. You know, just the way that he led her, even me in times, you know, because I grew up, I didn't have a dad. I didn't have a real big, Example of what a man should be, you know. I had my stepfather, but that was a different situation. And Curtis, he was like my person, you know, even though we weren't in a romantic relationship, the kind of friendship that we had, he fell into those roles with me. And it, it was weird because a lot of times we would go places like out to eat and stuff like that. They'd be like, Oh, your wife or your girlfriend. I'd be like, No. That's not it, but that's just the role that he almost naturally fell into. And I fell into for him. I think that he needed my nurturing and I needed the support that he offered. And that's why we clicked so hard, you know, because I, I'm a nurturer by nature. And I think that, you know, I'm not the only one who feels that a lot of people on this call right now are nurturers by nature, you know, and, and Curtis offered the other side that you could nurture and nurture and give and give and give, and you would never feel like you would be gived out. Because he always had the other side of that for you. Always. And just getting to see him with Avery, Juanita's son, and getting to see him with Micah. And Micah was his baby. He wanted Micah so bad. (laughs) He wanted Micah.
4: So real quick, um, we discovered um, shortly after he passed away that so for Micah's first birthday, me, Curtis, Mo, Micah's godfather, and Micah's godmother stayed here. What well, Naj, Naj, no, I think Naj was in New York already. Um, Mo, we were up until like, what, four in the morning decorating this house for yes. Micah's first birthday? Yes, and ma'am. we, I mean, Curtis, so all that to say we discovered shortly after he passed away that there is still a piece of tape on the floor by the front door with a pink <laughs> um a piece of tape on the wall and something on the floor with with some remnants of like pink streamers and michael and i looked at each other and we were like this is for Micah's first birthday and i said yeah this is the wall that me and curtis put up for michael's pictures and i said i never want to take it down I never want to take it down because Curtis was literally, like you said, Michael was Curtis's baby. He wanted her so bad. I'll never forget. I mean, he was in the hospital right after she got here. Mm-hmm. Mo was in the hospital right after she. Like he was, he was just always there. He was right. always. Mm-hmm. Oh God, did I did real good just hold call. Yeah. Um. He was. He was always present. He was, always. he was there in I mean it didn't matter what it was for. Curtis was always, always gonna be there. And he was you you were never gonna forget that Curtis. Right.
11: Never.
9: Was I
4: remember like
3: yeah I'm, and thoughtful too. And not and just there. So yeah, always that's what so I was going to say.
6: I remember, like, Curtis did not, like, really, be, he was not big on his birthday some some years. Mm-hmm. But I would always make him fucking go. I would make him, I, we, I don't care, we go to dinner, I don't care. Whatever you say, we're doing it, nigga. Whatever, whatever. And I remember one year, I was not big on my birthday, and I got that same energy from that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and I can't say shit, because... I give you the same energy. It was like shit I could do. It was like, well, I, yes, sir. I, wh- where you going? What you? Yes, sir. Whatever you say. Yeah. It just, and, yeah. I FaceTimed Thoughtful. him
3: from the hospital the day that Jameson was born, and he was so thrilled, like so thrilled. And he didn't get down here until Jameson was about, what, two and a half, three months old? But the moment, I think four weeks, maybe not even, Jameson wasn't even a month old. I keep this on my desk. He sent me this picture of Jaden and Jameson. It's like on a little glass. Oh, and he was just like, I, I got one and you got one. Cause those are my kids, nigga. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and we used to have a joke. I'm like, you better not leave me. We got too many kids together for you to be fucking playing with me. Like you, my baby daddy, like, please don't leave. me." I know that's right. And I, even, you know, in his death, I still feel his presence I really I'm gonna continue to teach teach my kids about him and you know he'll never be forgotten in this house. So
4: same no, I said it earlier. We we pray for Curtis in our prayers every single night. We just say God bless Uncle Curtis Poop. but we that say nigga God bless loved
0: us, man. Ooh, he, he did a hell out of us. I just remember because uh London was born one day before Micah's. So me and Nikki was praying at the same time. And mm. he was like friend you know I love you, but I'm not traveling for no baby showers. <laughs> 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 he said, uh, so just sit tell me what you need or whatever. Um, and I told him and lo and behold, diapers popped up on the doorstep, wipes, a Target gift card, London Term 1, my cash app went off, this from my niece. Um, that the our blood couldn't have made us any closer. You know, sometimes people are just your friend. They don't care what you got going on in your life. They don't care what goes on outside that friendship, even though that's not a friendship to me. But it's they are solely focused on the friendship. Curtis cared about our families. He cared about what we were going through. Even if he was going through something, he cared. And a lot of people just do not care enough to know what's going on with you and how it affects you. Mm-hmm. Um, Curtis was a huge proponent of therapy and undoing trauma. He was in therapy. He was getting himself together. And I think what really hurts my feelings, the, like the most about all of this is Curtis was in Seattle starting to hit an amazing stride. He was. Hit gay side stories have been featured on the news. Yeah. Um, he had been offered that permanent position with his yes. job. Yes. um, and he yes. was honey and he negotiating was talking about, that raise. Baby. Yeah,
6: baby, let me tell you, when we met when we met that summer, and I just ran across the picture, popped up not too long ago. Baby, when we ran across it, we met a June baby, and we was sitting out there, we sat on the And see how it has, like, outside eating or whatever. But the sun hit that nigga's skin, and he was twinkling and glistening in the glow. And I was like, nigga, what is you doing up here? You
4: You are radiating, like, the happiness. Like when he we was left, so just, happy.
6: It was, he was so happy. You know, he was finding his spot and his purpose and he the power of his purpose. It was just beautiful for me to see because, like Nikki said, we had gone through things with him because we have been his friends for so long. So when you see your
4: friend hit that stride, I was like, friend. What I is, couldn't even though? be mad that he was in Seattle anymore. No, like I couldn't it, 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 even be mad. Right. Anymore. Like <laughs> nigga, I think I was mad for a good few months after he left and then it seemed like everything just started turning around and he was you could literally know his voice. He, was, like, he, he liked
3: hearing he he his they voice They knew
4: whatever they had going he on with
0: really complex. Really his, liked his, his job. bad
4: days. Well and his bad days were a lot fewer than the good days were yeah. in Seattle. Yeah. Like he had yeah. very few compared to what right. they were here in Houston. Right. Like he,
0: he was, was he was building so community good. there and everything was turning around. He everything. started going to therapy and that was really kicking things up for him. He was mm-hmm. talking about um you know getting now that his mental space was better he could focus on the physical and he was ready to you know, start losing some weight so he yeah. could feel better yeah because him and which the roommate y'all don't was mind. To work yes. out together which was confirmed yeah. y'all don't the roommate. mind yeah right
3: if if y'all don't mind i just want to let jaden say something right quick so she can go back to oh yes yeah so yes ma'am mm-hmm. hey miss jaden
6: hey, we love hey, you baby bye love
13: you too. um so I knew Uncle Curtis for most of my life. He was always there for me. Can, can you hear me now? Yeah. Um, I knew Uncle Curtis for most of my life. It still kind of breaks my heart to talk about him because I loved him so much and I could talk to him about anything at all. And we had so many things in common. Like we both loved the Sims and I just felt like I could come to him with anything and I, we used to have the best times when he would come and see us or when we would go to see him. And like, I don't know. It's okay. But he was, when my mom told Uncle Curtis that he was gonna be Jameson's godfather, I kind of already felt like he was my godfather because he was always, always there for me. And like, that's what godparents do, right? And like, sorry. Um, that's have okay, baby. Yeah, but I loved him so, so much. And I just feel like he's still with me, even if it's in presence. I dream about him at least once a week. So, that makes me feel better, but yeah. Thank you, Jaden. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jaden.
3: The
0: next time you're in your you, dreams, Jayden. ask them what them winning lottery numbers are. I know you're
3: <laughs> right, girl. <laughs> Make us rich, baby. you right? <laughs> okay, Jaden. You did good,
4: Jaden. You did good. good. Really
9: good. Jaden, a.k.a. Janet, with that whisper. <laughs> <laughs>
3: all right. <laughs> Listen, that's her nickname at home. We call her Janet because she always. This is Jaden, ma'am. That that's okay, all right. soft is great Soft, let mean punch. Yeah, that'll be this great. But you know what makes me the proudest? Jaden is developing his shade.
6: Oh, wow. oh Good. Yeah. There you go. Damn. Very soft spoken. Last
3: time me and Curtis came to North
6: Carolina, I was like, mm, When you become so shady? <laughs>
3: train up a child that was in child. september mm-hmm.
9: but we went to damon's and she was in there being shady and I yes
3: like, oh. but so politely shady just like curtis like yes. mm, mm-hmm. i don't she's been hanging around curtis no ma'am
0: <laughs> absolutely Every time I see Jamies and I hear Jameis,
7: I
3: hear uh, Curtis saying, uh, the Gemini is strong with that one. Gemini. The Gemini yes. is so strong with that one. The Gemini, and I'm a Pisces, so I'm a very sensitive, I cry at everything. I'm a pussy ass, like, nigga, like, for real, for real. And when I was pregnant with that boy... Because I thought they were still had the same birthday. Because uh, Jameson is June 15th, he's June 9th. I thought I was mm-hmm. going to have him on June 9th and give him the best present in his life. That, that was his baby, clearly. Because shit, I took shit. Curtis's personality. We agreed on shit. We had never agreed on I just on remember shit, like- the
0: whole time Brie was pregnant and he was like, she crying again. Because
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, I was mean as fuck, like, but mean as fucking crying. Never-
0: and then when me and Nikki was pregnant, he was like, I was like, nigga, I'm, I'm finna die. Like this fucking baby. Like I can't, I was like, I can't, he was like, you sound like Nikki. Like Nikki is totally over being pregnant. And I was like, yeah, nigga, I ain't having no more kids. He was like, and neither is Nikki. And right. Was like, Nikki, he was scared of
3: Nikki. He said, he said, I'm gonna go over there, but I ain't gonna say nothing about the baby. I'm just gonna sit.
4: <laughs> i but i think curtis and twin heard me gripe literally for 40 weeks <laughs> uh-huh. they listened to me gripe i, I it really and truly anybody that was close to me listened the to terrorist me in her
6: uterus weeks.
4: but the i ter-
7: mad because I, <laughs> I feel like i blazed that trail i hated everything about pregnancy and told everybody
3: don't do he, he, he laugh
0: so hard. He was like, Hi, my friends with a bunch of women who's sick of having kids or won't have no kids so that, nope. that I could spoil. I say, Well nigga, you go have a have a baby. He I said,
7: right. okay, okay. Do not, I'm sorry. Cancel it, delete it. Do not recommend zero
4: out
6: of here's the
4: thing though. We see here's the thing though. See twin was still real cute and petite with her little baby. (laughs) (laughs) But I was ugly on the inside, (laughs) (laughs) I I don't disagree. I know I was ugly on the inside. But listen, see, listen, them 70 pounds that came with Micah. Curtis. And he Curtis, was so kind. Like, he
0: was like, you look now, so pretty. I said, nigga, I, don't I look a fucking right. mess. I he said, now, about he how my baby me. you,
4: you, did you know, not. we would eat. He would take me to eat. Like, we would eat while I was pregnant.
12: Yes.
3: I got he
4: that
12: nigga definitely. nose
3: line, you know, the little angry line Ooh, across your nose yeah. when I was pregnant with my son. He's talking about, no, nah, you look okay. No, nah, your nose don't look too big or nothing. And I remember when I was maybe a couple of months because um, me and twin sons are literally not even months apart, three months like, apart. Yep, yep, like three months apart. And I saw twin in all her glory and motherfucking heels at Nikki's wedding looking uh, beautiful I, I, and glowing. I, 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 I thought say, yes. <laughs> another wedding. And I'm like, no, i in a boot. Yes. Uh, I remember uh, that uh, wedding, uh, but no, when she, gl- she, when she glided in on her special air, Look at you. Uh, look barely, looking, <laughs> barely looking like she had gas, let alone. Barely baby at, and I wasn't even right. that far along. And my body and was, she, was like, ma'am. And
0: she dropped the news. She like, yes, I am pregnant. And I just don't want to hear y'all's mouth. Don't ask me <laughs> nothing about it. Yes. I like and I was like, Okay. Pregnancy yeah, mm-hmm. But like like even hearing this, he has been there for so many monumental moments in our mm-hmm. lives. Like that is the hilarious part. I'm sitting here thinking he's been to all mm-hmm. our damn weddings. Mm-hmm. Yeah he mm-hmm. went to all our wins did not flinch did not blink he was like well you ain't he like mike ain't no fuck nigga so you know i'll be there i'm like come <laughs> on <Marcus." laughs> listen and they had yeah. the audacity to break me as the first and then one he i like he like, I ain't got, he like, you know, I'm single, but can I have a plus one? I was like, yeah. Like, who you bringing, you little cut? He like, bitch, I'm bringing Bree, And I was like, okay, then cool, let's go. He was like, because he was adamant. He was like, it's either going to be Brie or Nikki, whoever free. That's who coming. So can I have a plus one? And I was like, yeah, I mean, of course, but. Oh, and we
3: had a ball, honey. He just, he did
0: not a hesitate ball. to show up and I really hope sometimes like i sometimes i find myself beating myself up about this but i hope he feels like we showed up for him despite the outcome because sometimes i I just wonder could i have asked him to do anything differently could we have done anything differently no. to no. change the outcome no um you guys did everything yeah. you were supposed to do and so i i possibly could have to try to stay i safe. hope he feel, i hope he knows we showed up and we will continue to show up by keeping yeah. his memory alive his legacy alive thinking back on all his shade oh my god yeah it was some days i, I would just put him on do not recorded. disturb right. because when i realized <laughs> um when i realized Curtis would be on bullshit sometimes real early because Curtis would be up at 5, 4, 5 in the mm-hmm. morning in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yes. I would wait check the group sh- chat.
10: This nigga on some I bullshit. I would see
0: some sheer <laughs> bullshit <laughs> she and I would put him on DND because I'm like, I'm not finna spend all day being devilish with your ass today okay i'm gonna try to be a good person today twitter already suspended my accounts and shit let me <laughs> let me just be a better me and he would be like no nah, bitch you finna be nah, fuck that <laughs> no nah, we finna do this what yeah, we finish. This we on.
10: Like this. I'm this trash, trash we
6: trash. We on. that's
9: We're why I can never and- that's no why way. I can never be great Monday through Friday because me and Curtis oh be on G Chat all the work talking shit I'm talking <laughs> about I would get talking to work at 7 shit. o'clock in the morning and Curtis was... Which me
4: know. Uh, like, how are you up? It's 4 o'clock in the morning there. But he let me know that Curtis morning. didn't do nothing but talk shit to all of us on Monday and
8: <laughs> Friday. <I laughs> yeah. Yeah. All morning. he did he was sleep terrorized on the damn us. He
0: uh-huh. terrorized uh-huh. everybody while loving us oh, and dang. being proud of us and mm-hmm. just through all the interaction we had, putting the network together and the shows and getting closer as friends. Man, he loved... Every last one of us, right. even when yes. we was on his goddamn nerves,
10: right. Even when he and when was, he was on all. Even yes. when he was
0: t- he was tugging us by our hair, saying, "Hey, you you doing a lot right now? Relax, right." He loved us. He spoke highly of every last person yeah. in this phone call, yeah. Like highly, like yeah. would whoop your ass over all of us. Like do not play right. in yeah. his face, and so. I'm I'm glad to have y'all. I'm honored yes. that it was. A lot of us are connected through Curtis, and that's something we will always share and be bonded by. Um, yeah, I'm I'm truly grateful. <laughs> like Jeremy said, he was the blessing, and if you missed out, you you should regret it. This is one regret right. you should live your life with if you missed see. out on being in his life. Right.
10: He was a yeah. great judge of character. He's and if he didn't judge your <laughs> character and it didn't sit right in his spirit, that's just your ass and your problem. Right.
6: That was it. Mm-hmm. That, was that was it. Fun. You that's on you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I just want you guys to know, I the pandemic has slowed it down, but I am still committed to working at U of H to get uh LGBTQIA scholarship in his name. I did get a name from somebody, but like I got the name for my little cousin right as a pandemic broke out, but I, I have not. Uh, that, that to me, me it is so ghetto. <laughs> but this is, you know. Um, this and they is just it.
9: trying to act like it ain't even exist. Just open okay. shit on, right. back
6: up. Oh shit's think, open, let's
3: go.
9: Like y'all niggas better give me a vaccine before I send my child back to some right. high school running I need okay. little dirty ass kids. Yeah. They're like, come on <laughs> niggas,
6: y'all
3: die first. Right. <laughs>
6: yeah. Nope. Mm-mm. But I'm working on it because I believe that you know that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to leave a legacy and and basically make a way and a pathway for p- the the kids behind him, the babies, because mm-hmm. they still the struggles are still the same. Just like the shit we dealing with, race Ain't no, ain't ain't right shit now. change. Nah. ain't shit change for nobody. That's that is oppressed. We still but fight these same you. battles.
0: I wish he was here to crack jokes about that toilet oh, paper baby. at the start of this fucking this pandemic. Yo, I wish he
3: was here to crack I jokes about that, that woman in that wheelchair. The wheel, you you, beat tool, you beat oh
0: I oh have
8: created
3: God.
0: so many conversations in my head that we would have had about all of this and I promise to continue to keep in touch with y'all. I know life is whipping everybody's ass right now. <laughs> <laughs> but i really hope next year for his birthday we can plan a way to get together yes in yeah. his memory it was on our mind to do we had talked about it until the pandemic and shit broke out um but i was supposed to be coming out there this summer but mm-hmm. yeah. i was supposed to be living my best life this summer
9: we was, was, we was literally all
0: just about
6: to pop up in atlanta <laughs>
9: Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. right.
6: we, no, we had just had a conversation about that when he was sick because I had to go to New York and I couldn't come. Mm-hmm. And I had talked to Bree because I said, you know what? I'm sending y'all a henny cake because I know my I know my mm-hmm. friend would like to have some good food and some great food. You know that cake we had that Sharielle's cousin made? And I was mm-hmm. gonna send them a whole cake while, cause oh. I couldn't be there. Cause I was like, my friend need to taste this. And since I'm not gonna be in Atlanta, mm-hmm. let me send that. And then Brie had talked about it. So yeah, it just because we was like, I,
0: let's go to old lady gang and get hypertension. Yeah.
10: <laughs> yeah. And
3: leave a nigga ass right. review.
4: I mean, yeah. the weekend of his funeral, we were all supposed to be in Atlanta. yep, yep.
3: Mm-hmm. But you know, I think it says we were, that even though we weren't in Atlanta, he found a way to get us all together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that was the spirit we of so- uh, that's the spirit yeah. of the, yeah. the network that's the spirit of the podcast it's the spirit of you know all of our friendship it's just being together because boy we be cutting the fuck up when we all together
0: absolutely
3: so before um before we get out of here because i know we running long i do want to ask y'all if y'all would all say one thing that you learned from him before we go
4: wait y'all hold on right quick i want y'all to just hear michael tell tell them what michael just said it's like a Curtis is going to heaven. and He got angels. Bye, girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what she
6: said
0: when I went outside. <laughs> yes, baby. Um Curtis taught me to bet on myself always. Mm. In his lowest moments, Curtis always bet on himself. He always knew he was going to get back up. He he was not staying down for long. He acknowledged he was down sometimes, but he always bet on himself and got back up. Um, Nobody will ever bet on you in life like you bet on yourself. And so that is one of my hugest takeaways with Curtis is to bet on myself.
3: Naj, what about
5: you? I think he taught me the most um, that family is important and it's kind of weird to say but I mean I think the I think the consensus is clear that we're we're all family at this point but I never really had I never really had a close group of friends like I did before I met Curtis and out and all of you so he taught me that you know the relationships that you keep are very important and to to uphold those as best as you could
3: what about you kosher
11: um, um, like Naj said, family's important,
4: um, he always talks to my aunt, and, um, that was our thing, uh, to see who she'd send barbecue to first, see who she send, uh, donuts to first, and so <laughs> Naj, nigga, we family now, um, <laughs> um, like, um, that's, that's it, like, I don't know, Bree, if you thought that, um, when you told me he was in, you know, a coma, that I would go, but, I yo like you was like oh I keep you updated I'm like yo I got flight attendants on the team I'm on my way like that's my cousin and you,
3: you showed up like a ghost you said I'm here <laughs> like I'm here
4: like <laughs> and I, I I wish that he knew that his cousin's role for him the way we do you know I don't know what his mama did to him because he did the same thing to his brother like he didn't block all of us his brother done blocked all of us on uh social media, fucking whatever she does. But like I wish he well, knew. nobody that.
0: checking for y'all, bitch. Just right.
4: <laughs> we don't give a fuck. Right. I wish and nigga, this funny Curtis drug
0: my
6: ass him. to my alma mater to watch his funky ass brother. Because we yeah. went to the same college, and he said, "Let's go to a football game. I'm going to go support him." Yeah, no,
4: that was easy, his heart. I got. No, he needs. I got a a home girl who work at U of and admissions, and if you need help, I got you. But no, uh, I,
6: yeah, no. when At Rice, his brother at Rice. His <laughs> curse, yeah, I drew, know Joey. To that game.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. His mama drug me to hers. <laughs> yeah, but like I'm saying, I, I wish he knew that we had his back the way yeah, we yeah. do. Cause yeah. don't nobody fuck with his mama now, no. Because I'm like yo, Curtis ain't fuck with that girl. Like that like, but is important Same. so now, you, we cousins Sam, <laughs> what
3: about you jeremy
5: when we can when it's safe again absolutely yes. um i the biggest thing
10: that curtis taught me was to always to get that
0: motherfucking podcast in on time for
10: you get benched <laughs> nigga <laughs> right You're right, (laughs) you're right.
3: He said he's not giving you any more notes if you're not going to use the notes that he gave you before.
10: Absolutely, but uh, he just taught me to always um, speak with, speak firm, but fair. Um, And to also never let anybody play in your damn face. Mm
8: -hmm.
10: Like I said, he was the big brother that I never had. So I love and I miss him. What
3: about you, Juanita?
9: Um, to piggyback on what Jeremy said, yeah, he definitely always taught me to don't let a motherfucker play in your face or play with your time. Um, so many times he has seen screenshots of somebody playing. With me, and Curtis would tell me exactly what to say back, and my ass was copying and pasting what <laughs> Curtis said.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
9: so that's what he taught me because sometimes I'd be lying. Nah, I ain't gonna say that, Curtis. Yes, the hell you are. Well, Curtis would clear a bitch. He knew how to clear a bitch quick, listen, easily,
4: listen. read easily.
3: <laughs>
9: so yeah, that's what he taught me.
3: What about you, twin? This one or that one? <laughs> you one. <laughs>
7: i think the biggest thing that i got from curtis and it's honestly the thing that i miss the most especially right now because everything is the fucking ghetto and there's no escape hatch it's to be able to find joy in any and everything like it didn't matter where he was in life it didn't matter what he was going through It didn't matter what we were doing, like even the most mundane things with Curtis became an event because he was going to find something in it that was funny. He was gonna find joy, he was gonna find (laughs) laughter. And while on one hand, sometimes I walk around my house and I'm talking to him like, Yeah, nigga, shout out to you with your timing, because this shit is real raggedy down here now. And I'm glad you don't have to deal with it. Right. I'm also like, I'm, I miss you because I know that you would have a word that while it would absolutely be fucking shady as hell, um, would help me find a way to smile in the middle of just chaos. Like that is just what he was. He was a joy. He was a light. Um, and he taught me to look for more of that and to lean into that. And that is what I miss the most about him. What
4: about you, Nikki? Um, I think Curtis taught me that make sure you love the people who love you. Um, make sure they know that you love them because I knew God, here we go. I know that he loved me. And I know that he knows like for sure, for sure that we -hmm. loved him. Mm -hmm. And I think that despite, you know, everything that came his way in life, he found the love that he needed. And I think he just really taught me to always make sure that you find the love you need, even if it's not originally coming from the place you thought. Or where you wanted it to, but to hold on to the love that you have and to nurture it and make sure that it it grows and it blooms and it it doesn't sour Mm -hmm. and it doesn't die because you never know when your flowers gonna be plucked. And you never know. You know, if all you have left is the memories of how beautiful what you cultivated were, even though you can't see it anymore. You can't touch it. So I'm very, very glad that he taught me to just make sure that we stay in love, if, if for lack of better words, just to just make sure that we all always just stay in love with one another and keep loving on one another and keep supporting one another because that's the way we keep him with us that's the way we you know never let everything that he dreamed of and hoped for die um he also taught me to let a bitch know um if they try it i mean even though i was
6: I, I would, would say way that way. you had that lesson
4: already, but <laughs> yes. <you> have <laughs> I don't
6: think
0: you had to be
7: taught that. So you had you, already Mo, got your bachelors he may and have then read. he enforced that. He I, may I have don't think you had to be taught that for yeah, yeah. you. Yeah, you had your that.
0: bachelor, he just he helped he you may have your, your PhD. PhD. Yeah.
6: Yeah, I definitely feel like he was born with that, Nikki.
10: I'm just I
0: feel
6: like he just kind of gave her a hallelujah Yeah. in that area. And he kind of,
4: you know, he definitely helped me level up my shade. Because you had to have levels of shade if you were gonna have text uh-huh. conversations mm-hmm. and conversations with Curtis at all. Like you had to know your shade and you had to know how to throw it. Um I just, you know, I just I, I thank God for him and I thank God we had him and I thank that I thank God that he gave him to us. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, yeah. So that's 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 my biggest takeaway from Curtis. What about you, Mom?
3: Good? Yeah,
4: okay <sighs> Um I'm going
6: to, it's a two-fold lesson. Um, Curtis in life taught me, you know, stop being so fucking nice to motherfuckers who are not nice to you. Um, As y'all know, I'm a diplomat. (laughs) And generally, I just don't like to give niggas energy just because, you know, it's just so much energy to be angry at a motherfucker that's not worth your time. But sometimes you need to have time. And Curtis taught me that, that sometimes you need to make time. Um, In death, Curtis taught me do not take a moment, a single moment for granted. And I mean, I, that's the thing that with him I struggle about because I was there not even a week before all of this transpired and we were supposed to see each other. And when I look at our text, that's what our text exchange was, was like, friend, I'm gonna be up there in April. I just see you right before I, I, we will just get together and it'll be fine. Don't worry about that. Don't apologize. I'll be there and just taking that for granted. Right. And even just with my friends, you know, a long time ago I had instituted a policy with my family that I don't ever not have a conversation with my mom or my family where I don't tell them I love you. I think in Curtis's death, I do that now with my friends that are my family because you just don't know. You know, I'd be like, you'd be like, oh, I don't want to weird my friend out being like, I love you, girl. And they'd be like, girl, you know, but it don't matter because you need to know. And, you know, you got to give people their flowers while they're still alive. And you got to make sure they know, you know, Curtis is in in the shade. He even, even in loving me, shaded me. I remember when we all met, everybody used to call me Martha Stewart. And Curtis was the one who was like, more like LaMortha Stewart to let me know who <laughs> my ass was a nigga, raggedy nigga. I wasn't out here. With no, Stewart. <laughs> I wasn't out here with no white woman energy like that. Not the other way. No,
3: you a raggedy nigga, LaMortha. That's what you are.
6: <laughs> and that's what I'll be. So those, that that's what he really taught me.
3: What about you, Mike?
2: Just how to express and just be uh, me uh, more openly. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty quiet, and um, just like hearing Curtis talk and just being around Curtis, it, uh, it 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 opens you up. And I learned how to to be more of that around uh, people, maybe that I'm not so comfortable with. If we're in you know situations, I feel like that's what I learned from Curtis.
0: Yeah, he spoke with conviction. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. everything he said he meant. Oh, shit, you're <laughs> telling me. <laughs> so, and, and, and just how genuine he was. It, it, it really does um, inspire um, kind of like how everyone's been talking, but it really does. Just, he was just genuine, and you knew if he was talking to you, and you knew if he was around you, that he really loved you, and that he really cared for you.
6: Trill from day one, baby. Trill from day one.
3: So I, um, mine has two parts. So the first part is he taught me how to stand up for myself. And I'm not in, the cl- not in the classic, hey, you know, whatever. I met him. I got to meet him in Houston, actually, because I was in a relationship with someone in Houston. And it's so funny because when I went out there, the guy stood me up. And I ended up having to spend the whole weekend with Curtis. Not that I was mad about that, but I remember when he did that to me. And Curtis was like, um, it was like a Saturday night and I was sad because you know, dude was like, Well, we're gonna go to dinner on Saturday. He never came through. Curtis was like, get your motherfucking makeup on, we going to fucking dinner, right? I said, You ain't gotta do that. We could just say, He said, Get your motherfucking ass up. We going to dinner. Went to dinner, had a good time, forgot. Even that I was out there for the nigga, right? And he told me at dinner, he said, you too, fucking cute for you, for these niggas to be running over you like they be running over you. Block that nigga number now. Why even talk to him? Why speak to him? Why give him anything else? And that was a foreign ass concept for me, for baby Brie at 20, 25, 26 years old, like block him. Like... You got to keep going back and forth with these niggas. That's just how you know. Don't go back and forth with nobody. Now, it took me a while to learn that lesson. But baby, when I learned it, he used to laugh at me about how my transition. Juanita will tell you how I've been with these niggas. I used to be giving chance after chance after chance. And now, no, we're not going to do all that. Let me tell you,
0: (laughs) Curtis is a proponent of if you got a pussy, you shouldn't be broke. Nothing Curtis hated more than women mismanaging their pussy for straight men. Good he was pussy like, Do management. Curtis was like, most straight, he was like, "Matter such, Get it all straight niggas is dumb. All so you shouldn't be having no nigga running all over you as dumb as these niggas is. And Curtis would be like, and the gay ones is dumb too. If To, if we, to be honest, <laughs> Curtis was a proponent of you handling your business as a woman, and he encouraged mm-hmm. it. He encouraged not to let nobody play in your face. But when you was doing too much, he would gather you because while Ooh, I was and pregnant, boy, when he gather I text you. Curtis, I was terrorizing the shit out of Mike while I was pregnant one day. Forgive me, but I don't know why it was the hormones, but he couldn't get no peace in that goddamn one bedroom apartment at the time. Okay. He couldn't run from my fat ass. I mean, I could waddle. Um, but he told me he was like, he was like, I love you, friend, but bitch, go sit down he like go lay down go get you something to eat and go lay your pregnant ass down he like you stirring up all kind of shit just to stir it up and he knew i wasn't okay because i think i was showing my ass on twitter too which before y'all start i know it has happened a lot but focus on <laughs> the thing i'm talking about right now okay and Thank he, he, he texted me he was like you okay and i started we'll be telling back. him well, i might get on my nerves and dah, dah, dah. he like so that man ain't did shit to you he was like friend bitch go lay down get you a snack go lay down get yourself together okay and he was he was that person and you mm-hmm. knew it was out of love it wasn't out of judgment he wasn't belittling you he loved you and he wanted to see you win and he did not like to see us self-sabotage
3: he would snatch your ass up real fucking quick and so like that's That was the first one. But the second one, you know, that damn trust exercise they make you do where close your eyes and lean back and, you know, the other person will catch you. Right. I feel like I failed at that my whole life because I've had me, you know, and every time I put my faith or my trust in somebody to like be there for me, they found a way to kind of weasel out, especially men, you know, and Curtis wasn't like that. And I feel like he was the person that I could fall and he would catch me every single time. He was the person that would hold me up when I couldn't, you know, hold myself up. I trusted him with my life. I trusted him with my children, you know, and you don't find that kind of trust in people because, you know, even close friends, you kind of like, you know, I love them, but that's not their ministry to do X, Y, Z, you know, or that's not their thing to do X, Y, Z, or I won't share myself of this part of myself with that person because I can't burden them in that way or because they can't handle it. And Curtis could handle every part of me. And I feel the same for him. There was nothing that we kept from each other. And, you know, when we were in the hospital, um, I'm actually, I have a complicated thing with this COVID thing, right? Because the nurse in the hospital, when I was there in ICU and I'm, you know, asking questions and firing her motherfucking ass up. Because I'm like, nah, y'all need to do this. Why don't y'all have a respiratory therapist? Why don't you have this? Why don't you have that? Because I have gone through my share of hospitals with sick family members and my son and all that. I'm like, oh no, I need to know, you know, his his what is his oxygen level? What is this? When's the last time you did a blood pressure? Can I know the blood sugar? You know, and I did this when when Kosha was, <clears throat> I was like, you go get some rest. You know, I'm, I'm here. We gonna get this together, right? And she looked at me and she said, I think your friend was lying to you about how sick he was. And I said he would never fucking lie to me. Never. He would never lie to me about his sick- maybe he didn't know how sick he was, but please don't play in my face about he didn't tell me how sick he was. And for a couple of weeks after I was like maybe he didn't tell me. But now with because the way that his body shut down, it had to be something bigger. And it had to be covid or something because it's tearing niggas up out here yeah and the nurse was like i don't understand how he didn't have diabetes he didn't have this he didn't have that but now everything's shutting down somebody's lying sis and i'm like but it's not him he wouldn't Mm -hmm. lie to me and i believe that and i believe that with my heart because he didn't lie to me and we have been friends over 10 years not one lie the whole 10 years didn't she That's had
4: untrustworthy eyes anyway. Babe. She did. You can't fucking it too. Every <laughs> <laughs> time this
3: bitch would open her mouth to say something, here you go kosher. Her eyes. It's not they're not right. <laughs> <laughs> I it. It. No. Okay. She was like some um older I feel like she was some kind of Caribbean, older lady. Mm-hmm. She like, no, he's he's a very sick mm-hmm. boy. And I said, "Listen, bitch, you finna be a very sick bitch if you don't get the fuck up out of my face. Like,
4: yeah.
3: you are gonna have to. I'm gonna show my ass in here if you yeah, don't." Yeah. As soon as COVID me. broke, I it just it hit me.
6: I was like, I, "That's that all explains which, so much, and especially how it manifests itself." We
4: all had this Yeah. Okay. Because right.
6: especially as the more it goes on, the way we find out that it just manifests way in different ways with different mm-hmm. people and different. There are no. There are no. Standard What's symptoms for this shit. Where he yeah.
0: was. The first case. <laughs> the, the first case the I first was first in,
6: I left. Right. There. I left when the first case, I was on a plane and Lee texted me and he texted me that someone there had tested positive with it. And at the time, I was like, ooh, you know, but I didn't think. But then when this started droning on and then I just, we started watching how. It's just how it just in the black community is so many different things. It's stomach aches, and stuff like you know, just all of that. It just let me tell you it's an everything
7: ache, okay? Yes. It's an everything ache. Mm-hmm. Everything.
3: And it it's like I just feel the protection of him because honey, when I tell you I was in the hospital room, I laid on him, I held his hand, I kissed on him, I, I laid beside him in the bed. I was on him and I could have gotten really sick, potentially. Mm-hmm. Kosha too. You know, and we didn't. We just didn't, and I feel like that was his final. Like, girl, I'm gonna give you this, okay? Like, and I know we're
0: not doctors. I get it, (laughs) Right. right? But I think we we understand and have enough to know. Your kidneys don't just shut down overnight, right? Nope.
3: right. No, they don't.
0: You, uh, he had, just been to the like the he had been the like before, and that's what I was yeah. also saying. Like, I know they took blood work. If his if his numbers were that bad, why didn't it show up in his blood work? They the would have admitted him immediately. Immediately, yeah. right? Yes. It just. Right. I mean we we can't guess ourselves to death. They right that orange piece of shit lied about everything and mm-hmm. so we don't even know if the nurses knew what to look for honestly at right time. well
3: they they probably thought it wasn't a real threat
0: yeah. well they
6: all said that you know they even say that now and they keep saying you know it's been here since the fall and doctors had been thinking it was the flu you know mm-hmm.
14: Mm-hmm. and even then you know i was
6: like did he because he thought it was the flu that's and that's what the doctors had been telling them that you know because they didn't have nothing else to go on because there wasn't no right. fucking protocol set in place to even do shit. It's still mm-hmm. well, yeah, still it still ain't. Well, yeah, they're too busy trying to kill niggas right now.
2: They'll get back to the pandemic. Um, right. yeah. Well, that's killing niggas too, so they ain't really working
8: that hard on it. <laughs>
3: right. <what> said, <laughs> that's true. I think it was Twitter or something. It was like, well, what happened to the pandemic? They said it's halftime. And it's the racist show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
7: That's,
0: it, that's a tweet. That's a He.
3: That's a tweet
0: so, he would have yeah. sent to us, and mm-hmm. we would have been hungry. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <sighs> we love you, Curtis yes. so much. We do so very much. So very much. Very we
3: very miss you. We
4: miss
3: you. Your impact have, will be continue to be felt forever because Side stories will be up listen, forever.
0: A success in everything you put your mind to. Um. I' never wanted a time machine so to be real, so bad in my life um, right. man, but thank you, like you impacted so many lives mm-hmm. so quickly too like it it just you were, and I'm grateful I'm grateful for the people you shared with me mm-hmm. um because I love them like I love you, and one day, on the other side. I hope you get to tell me about some shit you would have did differently with the network. <laughs> <laughs> like you did good, girl, but I would have did it like this. Don't meet I, you I with want, notes, baby. Them heavenly. Yeah, I, you know I, he's taking notes. I will look forward I look forward to that conversation one day, but not too soon
3: cuz right. I still got some like, points let's to
0: move down here.
3: I pray that when he got to heaven, my best friend Brandy passed away in right. 2017. <laughs> And honey, I hope that when he got to heaven, she just embraced him with open arms. Like, what you doing here, nigga? All right, come on, let me show you around type of shit. Let I the shade begin. Be, right. <laughs> I hope he got to be with his grandmother, who he loved so dearly, you know, and who he talked about all the time and about how much he missed her. I just hope that he found the peace that sometimes was elusive to hear him while he was on this earth. Yeah. So on that note, I guess we're going to close this out. And I'm like reluctant to close it out because uh, this was his baby. This podcast was his baby. And for this to be the final episode doesn't feel right um, at all. But just know that he gave his heart and soul to this podcast. His listeners were his everything. He always strategized about how he was going to do more for you, what he could offer you for merch, what he could offer you for experiences, how we could elevate the podcast to the next level, the next level. You know, he was so excited about being on that news and, um, show in my in Seattle because he's like, this is the beginning of the next level. And the next level was some shit we would always talk about. Like, But um, I want to thank you all for, for gathering. I know life is busy, especially in the pandemic. Everything is a pandemic's fault, for God's sake. Um, and thank you once again for tuning in. So this is Gay Side Story signing out.
15: will be missed bottom line he was funny and it was it was always great to have him on single simulcast he cannot be replaced you know the world is excuse the cliche it's dimmer without him I know he means so much to to everybody, regardless of whether you're a podcaster or a listener, just, just a friend, just somebody on the timeline. It's just, he'll be missed. And I hope that all of us can make him proud as we move forward.
12: The very first time that I had an opportunity to really get to know Curtis was when I was a guest on Ratchet Ramblings. And I remember that I said a really corny joke (laughs) to try to relate to Curtis with us both being Geminis. And he was like, what does that guy do with anything? And I'm like, oh my God, I done ruined it. I ruined this first impressions or everything with Curtis. I was able to rebound from that. A conversation outside of us recording that was really funny was when we were talking about getting tattoos from Ryan Henry and I told him about the price. And it was just really good, lighthearted conversation. We shared a few jokes and a lot of laughs. And then when Flawless Noises Media Network was going to do their first live show, I was, I'm a fan. So, of course, I was going to go, and we were anticipating us finally being able to meet each other in person, so we both were excited about it. I didn't get the opportunity to know Curtis personally as far as in person, but from the time that I did get to know him through social media and from him being on different podcasts that I enjoy, it was wonderful. It was special, and I could tell that he is definitely Gym. he is most certainly missed and I'm grateful for now being a part of Lawless Women's Media Network and being around people who knew Curtis the most who were close with him and through me being a part of the network and forging new friendships everybody will be able to continue to keep his life and his legacy alive and I love that I love that although I may not have been fortunate enough to meet Curtis in person, I am fortunate enough to be friends with people who loved him dearly and were close with him, keeping his memory alive. And through those memories that you share with me, I get to know him even more. So i like to say, Curtis, happy birthday. We love you and we miss you.
1: Wow, really? This is crazy. <laughs> um, I'm Lonnie. I host a podcast called Who Raised You Host. I got to experience Curtis first through social media, Instagram, and Twitter. But I remember when I reached out to him when I was looking to do an episode on open relationships, I actually appeared on his show and he appeared on mine and we did it like a crossover thing. He wowed me with his professionalism, how he outlined a show, details, research, everything. And it just made me really want to step up my game, especially when it came to having a host, because I still was learning shit at that time. Curtis, we love and miss you. I miss seeing your randomness all over Twitter, even Instagram at times, uh, from a fellow Gemini, excuse me. Um, happy Happy eternal birthday, okay, first and foremost. I'm going to continue to tear the torch for you and also all of the podcasters across the land that you touch, that you've mentored, that got the chance to come onto your show. We love you. We miss you. And my brother, happy birthday. Much love.
14: This goes out to you, Curtis, missing you every single day. You know, some of these memories that uh, I have of you... Are some of our conversations kind of just like in passing and all I keep thinking about is the joy and the laughter that you would bring to me in every waking moment that we would have kind of conversation or consultation about something that's going on. Makes me think about the first episode that you ever asked me to be on of Gay Side Stories and how you're like, bitch, just you're going to read me. You're going to read me. You're going to be able to tell me all this stuff about myself and you were not prepared for what was getting ready to come out of my mouth. And I didn't even realize at that time that I had that level of awareness of, you know, astrology, you know, all the spiritual stuff, because um, I'm still a baby myself. And you always instilled that confidence in me to keep going and saw a passion that I had. And for that, I'll be ever grateful every day. Um, and every time I'm starting to get something together for the podcast, um, reaching out to Candace, reaching out to the Mystic Ass Moments chat, I think of you. And I always wonder how your spirit is doing and if you're proud of the work that we're doing down here. All we want to do, all I want to do is continue to exonerate, live your name, and make you proud and make flawless noises uh, as huge as you always knew that it could be. Um, so thank you for all of your inspiration. Thank you for all of your love. <laughs>
15: So my dear friend Curtis um, has a birthday coming and I really, uh, I, I miss him a whole lot, a whole lot. So many things have come happened this year and I think about how we would kiki or could laugh about it or like quarantine, what kind of jokes we would have. Um, I think about what kind of podcast he might create or content he might create doing a Rona. Um, I just, I just really think about him quite often and I'm so glad that most of those are like happy memories and, and filled with love and laughter and that, um, Curtis knew how much I fucked with him, um, before he um left us um but it's but I just hope in heaven on his birthday he's like having um a good old time listening to Beyonce and partying with the ancestors and all those all of those good things um Um, I think about my mental health during the pandemic and how Curtis would be somebody that I could confide in about these things. And it kind of sucks that um, to not have that that friend or that companion or that content creator or all the many things he was. um, But I'm so grateful and glad that I was able to get to know him and um, that he was able to have such a profound impact on my life in a few short years um that we got to know each other and you know that he even let me in um close to him and for that I'm forever grateful so happy birthday my nigga <laughs> love you Curtis um, this is
9: Juanita. Um, I could say a lot of things about Curtis um, from, you know, him just making me cry laughing from a joke, has made up phrases or names from nigga cat to man bitch. Um, I could say so much, but the one thing that I absolutely love, love, love about Curtis and miss dearly about him is the fact that he's always, he's always encouraged everyone to speak their truth and have a backbone because I feel like I'm a strong person and, you know, I can stand up for myself, but there were times where I just wanted to back down and not necessarily settle, but throw in the towel. And Curtis was always there to be like, No, you need to say this, you need to say that, you need to do this, you know. Um, I'm really good with reading people, but Curtis was like the king of reads, and I truly, truly miss that about him because it's like, you know, even right now when I have my wins or I or my losses, I don't have him to tell about it. You know, and he's always been so happy and proud of things that I've done. But at the same time, he's not there anymore for me to, you know, say, look, you need to say that. This is what I would say. This is what I would do. So that's one of the things that I really, really miss about him the fact that he's always encouraged me to stand up for myself and say a little bit more. And I miss my friend. And I love him. I'm going to always miss and love him.
11: This is also So Lovely from the Bad and Boozy Podcast. And I'm here to talk about my friend, Curtis. Um, Curtis is more of just a podcaster, a guest of the show. He was actually a really good friend. Um, last conversation that we had was... Me planning to take him to have tacos when he made it to California or made it to my area. So, um, I'm actually still looking forward to that in a weird way. Um, even though his physical presence is no longer here, um, I just look forward to having a good key over um, tacos and tequila and thinking of my good friend, Curtis. Um, what can I say about him or memory that I have or something that I remember of him um I have a hard time thinking about that because I don't think of Curtis in the past tense probably never will um even though he's absent in body his spirit is still with me so um I thing that <laughs> I remember and look fondly on is um his ability to how, how do I don't know how to put this I guess I'm just going to blanket it as his way with words, because Curtis was very funny, but he was also very intelligent. He was very informative. He would educate you about something. He would read you about something. Um, and just the way that he was able to use his words, um, whether it was on his podcast, whether it was on the timeline, or whether it was just a conversation between you and him, uh, seemed like Curtis always knew what to say. Whether it was a word of encouragement, um, a much-needed laugh, uh, or a wig tug, whatever the case may be, um, he always had something for you. Um, I guess that goes towards his generosity as well. Uh, It just covers so many areas, and it's hard just to think of one thing without thinking of many others. But that's something that I will always think about fondly and cherish when I think of Curtis. I'll think about his words, his generosity, and his kindness.
16: Hey, this is Stephanie, host of the Mocha Minutes podcast. Um, One of the best things about Curtis, there's a lot. um, One of the best things when it comes from um, and we're talking in terms of podcasting, is his ability to engage in conversation so effortlessly. That is one thing I noticed about Curtis. Anytime he was on somebody else's show, it was so easy breezy, especially when he was on Mocha Minutes. Um, he is always so funny, he is always so engaging. And it was something that you love. Sometimes when you have guests on, it's, you feel like it's pulling teeth. It was never pulling teeth with Curtis. And also, Curtis made shit funny. He always made things funny. It was always a good conversation. I never had a bad conversation with Curtis. Um, and that's just something that you're going to miss in the podcast space. Someone who can talk about difficult topics, be very introspective, provide sympathy and empathy but also make that shit funny. Um, That was something about Curtis that I just envied. Um, He was always so funny and he had no problem being transparent. That was another thing that I really loved. And it really inspired me to be transparent, not in a way of, oh, well, somebody else can do it. So I guess I can do it too. It was more of because of the way he did it and the way he could, um, reflect on his past and his experiences in a way that um was just beautiful there's just, just a way that um Curtis would tell his story in a beautiful way and it just pulled you in you just wanted to know more about him so to not have that space it's, it's hard it's hard to not hear his thoughts on a lot of things that's going on right now especially um when it comes to uh reality tv um did not hear his voice on these things because you know he'd be cracking a joke but he still would drop kernels of knowledge in in with the jokes that's something that i'm definitely going to miss um and he's going to be missed for a very long time his voice was so important um not just as a black podcaster but also as a queer black podcaster his voice was definitely um it definitely added to the conversation it definitely will be missed um happy birthday Curtis we still miss you and it is trolificent forever